constructive conflict. It's kind of like diamonds sometimes are formed by a little bit of pressure. Sometimes when we're in a group and we're pushing back against each other's ideas and saying, yeah, but out of that comes new innovation, new ideas, something fresh. Hello, and welcome to Doc Working the Whole Physician Podcast. We are so glad you're here. I'm Jill Farmer, one of the lead coaches at Doc Working, and I am joined by one of the other lead coaches and my co-host, Gabriella Dennery, MD. And today we are talking about conflict, and it can be really challenging for all of us. Gabriella and I are self-admittedly, at times, conflict avoiders. So this is something that we've had to learn and are continuing to learn along with y'all. So we are excited to be able to share some ideas with you that'll hopefully help all of us move forward. So why is it, Gabriella, you think that some of us dislike conflict so much? What would be your guess on that? It's uncomfortable. (laughs) I mean, wouldn't that be the thing that really most of us just want to feel at ease and feel safe and feel comfortable. And so conflict means that you have to step out of your comfort zone and deal with the elephant in the room. And that is not always a comfortable place to be. So yes, most people will try to avoid the conflict. Now, what I'm learning about conflict resolution at this point is that it's important to kind of pick your battles because are you gonna spend your time arguing with someone over a parking spot? Or where does your energy in terms of conflict resolution should go? And that I think, again, from what I'm learning, it has to do with the relationship. How important is that relationship to you? And how invested are you in finding a solution that works for both? And so the first two things so far is one, step out of your comfort zone and be okay with being uncomfortable because there's no resolution without discomfort. And number two, do you have a vested interest in that particular interaction, that particular relationship to go the extra mile to really see if you can find common ground? What do you think, Jill? Well, what I learned that was helpful to me a few years ago when I was co-leading some leadership development stuff in a Fortune 50 company was this idea of constructive conflict versus non-constructive conflict. And I was like, what do you mean constructive conflict? There's never a time when it's good, right? Which somebody who can be conflict avoidant like me believes. And I was able to understand that constructive conflict is the type of conflict that has the purpose of embracing different worldviews and encouraging people to think differently. And the great thing about constructive conflicts, kind of like diamonds sometimes are formed by a little bit of pressure. Sometimes when we're in a group and we're pushing back against each other's ideas and saying, yeah, but out of that comes new innovation, new ideas, something fresh. And there's all kinds of reasons and we're not gonna get into tons of psychology around it, but you know, some of us who are conflict diverse, maybe you lived in a home where There was a lot of conflict and it didn't feel safe to you, or you observed at some point in your childhood that people were in conflict that was really created, you know, some trauma around it. So I'm not being glib or unkind when I say, you know, it doesn't feel good to us. I'm just inviting us in our more wise adult self, the part of us, the self with a capital S to recognize that a lot of times adults can have differing opinions, differing worldviews. And if we create a container to let that conflict be a little bit constructive, some meaningful things can happen like clarification of issues, learning more about each other, considering new ideas. So that's kind of one of the things that comes up for me. What do you think about that, Gabriella? As always, I agree. I like this idea of constructive conflict and not so constructive conflict. I think that's a brilliant point. Conflict does create a realm of creativity and new ideas and new possibilities. And 
again, the willingness to be uncomfortable and going down in those spaces. And as you bring up, it's okay to disagree. It's okay to agree to disagree. And sometimes that's the end of the conversation. We agree to disagree, but that doesn't mean we're at each other's throats. So that would be one aspect of conflict resolution. Sometimes it's time to walk away, but with the agreement to disagree. And number two, it's conflict resolution, depending on how complicated the issue is, can take several conversations. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. And so are you invested in making those conversations happen? And that really is that to go from avoidance to, okay, let's deal with this. Let's move into a territory where we can say, you know, this needs to be resolved. Let's sit down and hash it out. And it may take several conversations and several sittings to do that, but necessary. And then the last thing I wanted to add, Jill, is that it's easy to get all hyped up about a conflict, right? To get reactive about a conflict. And it's easy to point fingers and to blame, especially when we're in those kind of reactive spaces. At the same time, good conflict resolution, from my understanding, and I'm wondering what you think about that, it really has to do with looking at one thing at a time and not try to pile on a bunch of different things. But you said, but you did, and you did, <laughs> as opposed to let's deal with one issue. And I mean, again, I'm not an expert in this at all. I'm still learning about it. And the question is whether or not that is a better approach to look at one topic at a time, as opposed to trying to resolve a whole big pile of stuff. Just start with one thing. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's brilliant. And again, Adam Grant, who does some really great work in organizational psychology, says, you know, when somebody else gets defensive or aggressive, then biologically, right, we go into defense or aggressive mode as well, right? And so what happens then a lot of times, my default is to turn into the prosecutor. Let me give you all the reasons, right? And I'm prosecuting my case to win. And so when I can recognize that, no, I don't need to pile on the prosecution, I need to go, okay. Let's go back to this one point. Take a deep breath, right? A lot of times when we're in an activated emotional state, that's where we are reacting without thinking and we're not responding. So one of the things I like to think about in conflict resolution is can I take a deep breath? That emotional agility thing, I can still have my feeling. I'm not stuffing it down. I can even say, whoo, I'm a little irritated right now, or I'm triggered, or I feel frustrated and say, so let's talk about this point. I hear you saying X, right? Reflecting what the other person says can be another good way in a heated conversation. I hear you saying this. This is how that makes me feel. This is how I experience that. And I have a different idea. It's just slowing. A lot of times it's just slowing down the, you know, back and forth where we just start flinging things at each other so that we can have a little more space and a little more of the, what we would describe as a meaningful or courageous conversation and not just another petty argument where we're talking in the same circles. And also sometimes it can help us later on, even if we've said something that we wish we didn't, or we had one of those, oh gosh, why'd that happen? It's okay to ask ourselves, like, what did the other person feel threatened about? And just curious, like you're an anthropologist, you know, what was that? (laughs) What was happening in that situation? And then for yourself, what was feeling threatened for me? For me, a lot of times it's the ability to be right. I don't like being threatened by that. And when I can be like, oh, you funny little person, Jill, again, once again, you're trying to be right. And who cares if you're right? What if you can both be right? Like, how do we make space for that? So those are ideas I think that can help us when it comes to conflict. And I think you and I are both proof that sometimes, even though we don't love conflict, we both had experiences of being willing to have those courageous conversations and what we would describe as a little bit of that constructive conflict and moving through the resolution. There can be some benefits from it as well. Would you agree with that? 
Oh, absolutely. It absolutely enriches relationships and not just upkeep them, but it takes them to a deeper level. I think the bottom line is every human being wants to be heard. I want to be heard. The other person wants to be heard. How do we hear each other? How do we learn to listen? And as you said, ask these kind of open-ended questions, being able to express you know, how you may be feeling in a certain situation, but at the same time without being accusatory, but really more inquisitive. Okay, well, this is what happened. This is how it made me feel. And at the same time, what was that for you? What came up for you? So that it creates a dialogue. And yes, the end result may still be, I agree to disagree, but there's a richer interaction at that point. And a more, as you said, a more adult, you know, the adult shows up to the table as opposed to the little kid who wants to be right and who wants to be heard and who wants to be seen and who's angry and feels that they are not. And so it's switching those gears between, okay, I'm entitled to my feelings, yes, and you bring that up beautifully, and that's absolutely correct. You're entitled to feel what you're feeling. And now you get to identify what it is, where the reaction was, what was the reaction about, and then being able to ask the other person, well, what was it for you? And so that then creates a dialogue beyond the conflict. And I think that it's powerful. It's a very powerful thing. I love it. I do want to give everybody a resource. There's a great book called The Beauty of Conflict, and it's written by Susan Clark and Chris Marie Campbell. And it's really about helping move teams through conflict. And I recommended this book not too long ago to a friend who has a small urology practice. And there was just a lot of difficulty between the medical records folks and the admins and the nurses and nurses' aides in this practice. And this particular physician was finding themselves just trying to ignore it and hoping it was going away. And so being willing to take this resource, learn where there can be some beauty and conflict, it was really helpful. And it helped the whole practice be more harmonizing. It helped patients relax and feel more comfortable because there wasn't that tension in the air that even though nobody was saying anything, you could feel. So I do want to recommend that as a resource as well in case that's helpful for you guys. We also want to thank you for joining us today. As always, five-star reviews help us to do what we do in even broader ways. So please, if you take one second to do that at the end of this podcast, if you got one thing meaningful out of it, we love it. Also, go on over to docworking.com, check out the resources there. And certainly if you're not signed up yet, do that today because that's how you're going to get the first information about courses that we're offering and releasing as well as more information on coaching, if that's something that could help you thrive, which by the way, it helps everyone thrive. So we highly recommend it. Again, thanks for being with us on Doc Working the Whole Physician Podcast. I'm Jill Farmer. Hello, and thank you for listening. This is Amanda Taran. I'm the producer of the Doc Working Podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like and subscribe. We would also love it if you checked out our website, which is docworking.com. And you can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. On Instagram, we are docworking1, and that is with the number 1. When you check us out on social, please let us know what you would like to hear on the podcast. Your feedback really means a lot to us. And if you're a physician with a story you'd like to tell, please reach out to me at amanda at docworking.com to apply to be on the podcast. Thank you again, and we look forward to talking with you on the next episode of Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast.